Sunrise with Shona, Hot 1027. Good morning, beautiful people of God. You're listening to Sunrise with Shona on Hot 1027, and it is great to be back with you again this morning. I do wonder what sort of week you've had, and I hope that you're all well. I've had an extremely busy week. I've had to, unfortunately, take some funerals. I presided at a wedding and I've gone and celebrated Christmas with the children in Kaya Sands in a creche that was built on a rubbish dump. And I've attended the Christmas party for the soup kitchen that is run by Hot Cares. And all of it has made me deeply aware of my own blessing. Also, when I look at the generosity of the people around me, it fills my heart with joy as I see the compassion of so many people. And that's a good thing today because as we journey through Advent, we're moving from John the Baptist shouting out that we need to repent, that judgment is coming. We're moving from the readings from the first Sunday in Advent where we were told that two people may be in a field, one will be taken, one won't. Two women may be threshing corn, one will be taken and one won't. And so those dire warnings that we've been hearing are moving now into scripture that talks about joy and the need for us to be filled with joy. So for me, Advent is a beautiful and mysterious season. And as we look at the characters like John the Baptist, Mary and Elizabeth, we learn so much from them. Today, as I said, we're moving into joy and I want to start first by reading the Collect. And it starts with God of hope and joy. You sent John the Baptist to announce the coming of your son. Inspire all who serve in your church to prepare for his coming again by turning our disobedience to your loving service. And there we have that joy, God of hope and joy. The next reading set for the day was Isaiah 35, 1 to 10. And I'm just going to find it quickly for us. So reading from Isaiah 35, verses 1 to 10. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. I mean, isn't that just beautiful? So what we see in that reading is joy, new life, abundance. Even the flowers in the desert will bloom like roses. And so we're moving, as I said, from those readings of um deep warning to all of us to be prepared, to be ready because we don't know the hour or the day, to a place of where we can start feeling that joy of Christmas building. The next reading set for the day was Psalm 146, reading from verse 5. So I'm just going to read it to you. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever who executes justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind, the Lord raises those who are bowed down, the Lord loves righteousness, the Lord watches over the strangers, he relieves the fatherless and the widow, but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. And it ends with, the Lord shall reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. 
And so again, we're seeing blessings, picking up on that same theme of joy, the God who is the God of all, even of the sea, the God who heals, uplifts, sets people free, gives sight to the blind. And of course, when we look at that being set free and giving sight to the blind, we also need to look at that in a spiritual sense, not just a physical sense, because God allows us to see. I often say to God, let me see with your eyes, God. Let me feel with your heart. Open my eyes to truly see things as they are. And as I've said over and over again, God's desire is for us to be set free so that we can experience life in all its abundance. And that is a spiritual freedom. And what we hear here in the psalm is that God is a caring, loving, and compassionate God. Now, moving from those readings from last Sunday, we're going to move into James chapter 5. And in James, we're told that we need to be patient. And I know that my children would say that that is something I really do need to learn. So James chapter 5, verse 7. And the passage is entitled, Be Patient and Persevering. Of course, we all know we put those titles in. But from verse 7, Therefore, be patient, my brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the, earth, the early and latter rain. Be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of God is at hand. Don't grumble against one another, lest you be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. And what I really, really love about this is that we're not just told to be patient. We're told that the coming of the Lord is soon, but we're also told not to moan about our brothers and our sisters. Otherwise, we are going to be judged. And I know we know that by the same measure that we use to judge others, we too are going to be judged. And so when I look at all these readings for today, and I will look at the gospel reading later because it takes us back to John the Baptist. But when I just look at these readings and the collect, it is about that anticipation, that joy, that Christmas is coming. We're preparing not just to receive anything, but we're preparing to receive the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who gives us life. And so we have this wonderful sense of anticipation, but also joy starting to build as we move through the Advent season. And today, of course, is the third Sunday in Advent. Coming up now on the Mighty Hot 1027, in moments like these. Enjoy. Sunrise with Shona. Hot 1027. In moments like these, on the Mighty Hot 1027, good morning. You're listening to Reverend Shona from St. Mark's Anglican Church. Welcome if you've just joined us. We are in the third Sunday of Advent, and I'm looking at Advent as a time of waiting. We're looking at the joy of Advent that is starting to build as we move towards Christmas Day. We're also looking at how we're told to be patient and not to judge others. And I did read something from a psychologist on Thursday, and the psychologist said most people are walking around with a sign saying, you know, treat, handle with care, that we're quite fragile at the moment. We need TLC. And I think the reading from James sort of emphasizes that for me. At the moment, people are fragile. People are needing a bit of TLC. And we need to be patient with each other and not judgmental. I want to move now and look more at this Advent as a time of waiting and a time of anticipation and how sometimes waiting can have a bit of anxiety with it. And it's what I pick up in the readings today. So, for example, when I travel, and I don't know about you, but I have that anxiety while I wait for my luggage. Is it going to come out? Has it gone to the right destination? Has someone stolen some of it? 
Is it intact? So I have that kind of anxiety until I actually see my bag and then I'm ecstatic um, because I feel safe that I have the clothes and whatever I need for that holiday or perhaps a business trip, whatever it is I'm on. So that's the sort of anxiety I think that builds in Advent as well. A hopeful expectation. We've got John's warnings and all his prophecies and counterbalanced by the sense of excitement of the coming of this new era, something new being breathed into being by God. And of course, we have that, will it happen? What will it be like? Will we be ready when it happens? Another anxiety I have, and I'm sure all of you have, is with load shedding. So if I need to get to a particular destination, maybe the airport in time, I keep asking myself, will I get there in time? Or will load shedding have messed up the traffic lights and therefore the traffic? So Advent is about waiting, but it's also rejoicing, as the readings have made clear today. Now, while we read about desert flowers blooming and seas exulting, the mood is one of joy. And so there is, as I've said, this great shift today from the dire warnings that John the Baptist gave on the need to repent, on the need to be ready, on the need to make sure that you are right with God because you don't know the day or the hour when God will come again. And we've moved into this time of rejoicing. And it reminded me of that song that I will go out with joy, be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before us and they'll be singing and there'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. In fact, I've told my daughter that's something I want at my own funeral, that song, because I just love it. it. It gives you that sense of the great joy of everything as we all celebrate our creator God, who is the creator of all. Joyous and happy and exciting. This new era is coming into being. God is doing something new and exciting in all of our lives and in the world. And so on this third Sunday, we can feel that joy. I know that for some of you, it may not be a time of joy. Some people are still grieving. We had a retiree's party at the church not so long ago. And one of the ladies said to me, it's the first time in two years that she's laughed. And her husband had passed away during COVID. And so I know people are carrying tremendous grief. There's also that people are feeling a little unsettled at the moment, especially in this country, but even in the world, where we have load shedding, where we have political uncertainty, and of course in the world where we have wars. So it is um, a time of anxiety, if you like, a time of uncertainty. But there's only one thing for me that we can truly rely on, and that's God. God who's the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, and God who loves us so much that God did not withhold his only son from us. And for me, this is why it's so important at this time of year particularly for us to be part of a community, to be part of a church, if you like, um, where we can help each other, support each other, carry each other, comfort each other and journey together. Now, I wonder where you are today. Are you feeling joyful, stressed, sad? Maybe all three. I'm going to say, just take however you're feeling, take all of it to God, because God is big enough for all of it. And remember that the same God who judges is also the God who loves, loves so much because he is our savior. Life for me is always a balance. There's always joy, there's always sadness. There is pain, but there is also celebration. And so we need to just keep that balance in mind. It was a balance for Jesus too. It was a balance for John the Baptist as well. So in the midst of all of us rushing around, being stressed out, I hope that you, like me, will find time to be joyful, to be loving, 
and to just show that love to others in the community. I'm going to talk about this a little bit further in a moment, but first on the Mighty Hot 1027, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Sunrise with Shona, Hot 1027. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice on the Mighty Hot 1027. Good morning. You're listening to Sunrise with Shona, and it is wonderful to be with you. I hope that you're all well, and if you've just joined me, as I've said before, welcome. We are looking at the third Sunday in Advent. We have looked through Advent at the judgment that is coming. We've looked at the need to be prepared. We've looked at the warnings issued by John the Baptist. And I've looked at some readings about the joy of Advent, that joy, that anticipation that's building, as well as the need for us to be patient. And I've looked at how we can have mixed emotions as we journey through this Advent season. Joy and sorrow, expectation and hope, judgment and acceptance. And of course, God is in all of it. God who is love. Now I'm going to move on to John the Baptist. And I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 to 11. And when John heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, You need to go to Jesus and ask, Are you the coming one, or do we need to look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So we have this this reading now of John the Baptist, and I did talk about it briefly last week of how he was in jail and how he was starting to question um, who Jesus really was. Was he the Messiah? And of course, we know before that he'd never had doubts. But that's normal to when you're sitting in a place, um, adverse circumstances, to start questioning things. And so he sends his disciples to Jesus to find out who he was. But when I look at John the Baptist overall, as I said just now, he experiences mixed emotions, but for me, he also teaches us how to live in what I'm going to call suspended time or liminal space because of the way he had to live. And one of the ways that we can do that when we look at Advent is seeing that Advent is suspended times. John shows us how to live in uncertainty or in this place of uncertainty with joy, humility, confidence and hope and of course questions. So I'm calling it suspended time because it's time we enter, we enter December and we enter Advent and then we have to wait for Christmas Day. It's almost like when you have your Christmas presents under the tree. Some families put them there beforehand. I never did because I had cats and the cats would open the presents for us. And so some people put the Christmas presents under the Christmas tree and you just look at them every day. That's what I feel Advent is like. It's this time of suspended time. And we see in John the Baptist 
that he is still filled with hope and joy and with love and also with questions. Now, as I said, we looked at some of this last week, but for me, John shows us how to live as someone who recognizes and has a profound understanding of the joy of God, the hope of Jesus bringing restoration and redemption and humility, as well as someone who knows what it is to suffer. He experiences that himself. And in spite of all of this, in spite of his own following and his own power, he's constantly pointing to someone else, not to himself. So he has his own followers, as I said, he has his own voice, he has a whole identity, and his whole identity is that he is pointing to another, Jesus. And I'm not sure how we would deal with that if we were John the Baptist. So he is a remarkable person. It also reminds us that we need to live with joy in spite of our own circumstances. And as I always say, there is balance in life. For John, that joy comes through Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, the joy comes because the oppressed will find liberation. The brokenhearted will be restored. Those who are bound will be set free. Prisoners will be released. Refugees will find new homes and a new beginning. And John's whole role, as I've said, is to point the way. Now, of course, when we look at that, what does that mean for you and I in Advent 3? For me, it means that this Sunday and the week ahead, probably every single day of our lives, we need to point people to Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And that way, that truth, and that life is a way of radical, inclusive love, but also of joy. We need to be heralds of that good news, just as John the Baptist was, pointing others to Jesus and definitely not to ourselves. And I'm going to stress, not to us. People need to see Christ in us. And so as we journey through this next week towards the fourth Sunday in Advent, the last Sunday before Christmas Day, let us be deeply aware that others are watching us. I remember one woman saying to me that she was convicted and became a Christian because another person pushed her shopping trolley back all the time and she asked her why she did it. And she said, because I'm a Christian and I don't think other people should be serving me. I'm here to serve. And so people are watching us, even in the small things we do as to whether we just leave our trolley next to the car, or whether we pay someone to put it back, pay the car guard. People are watching us all the time. And so today I just pray that we will be filled with joy. We will be filled with expectant hope, even if there's a little anxiety there, that we will be patient as we wait for God to usher something new into our lives. And also pray that we will be showing people the way and pointing to Christ and be heralds of the good news. To wrap up this morning, you raise me up, one of my absolute favorites. And then just for fun, Mary's boy child, because I thought that was a fun way as we start to prepare for Christmas. And it always makes me smile. I hope that you have a wonderful week. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. And if you need to get hold of me, you can do so on Shona at hot1027.co.za. God bless. Sunrise with Shona. Hot 1027.